Welcome to the very first episode analysis. Here we'll be breaking down and highlighting some of the major themes in each and every episode. So we're just going to hop right into it, you guys, head first. All right. How are you guys feeling about Melvin Lohan thus far? He seems decent, right? He's kind of sweet, but oh, did y'all catch he has a little bit of like a dark side? Well, not a dark side, I would say, but he definitely has a little temper on him. However, thus far in the story, he seems to only direct anger towards authority figures. Maybe there are some issues there when it comes to authority. Maybe this derives from his upbringing or his parents. I don't know. What I do know is, boy, does Rain have her eyes set on him. This is one of Rain's first crushes, and she doesn't seem like she's ever really going to get over this crush anytime soon. In a way, Rain openly has a crush on Melvin. I mean, her friends know about it, um, and now he does too. But at the same time, she's holding out. I don't think she wants to seem too desperate for him in his eyes. I think in a way, Rain wanted to wait for Melvin to come to her. But do you think he would have? Do you think he ever will at that? Do you think he is actually interested in her? I guess we'll see about that, right? <laughs> I think it's sort of a different vibe when the person of the more feminine energy is chasing after the more masculine one. I think we're in a way wired to try to wait for the more masculine energy to chase after us. And sometimes we can tend to feel a little out of place when it's the other way around. But why is that? If we want something, if feminine um, energies want something, what's the harm in, you know, taking action to go get it or try to at least? I don't know if this is because society makes us feel this way or it's just an individual thing to want masculine energy to do the most of the chasing. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Topics like these make me want to look closer to nature. And nature, the male, the masculine energy, is classically the one putting in the most work for the honor of the mate. Bucks spend like an entire season getting physically fit to attract a mate. Um, and some species of birds put on these elaborate dances for their potential mate. The point is, in nature, many animals have some sort of mating ritual, whether that be like a sexy dance or a little tussle around the forest to be granted the honor of mating. But humans, we're extra as a, uh, as a, as if. <laughs> you guys um anyways humans we're a different story we have so many different courtship rituals it can sometimes get confusing and so exhausting um have you ever been in the talking phase with somebody aka the courting phase and genuinely want something to lead somewhere so you try to hold off on this try not to call so much try not to scare him or her off um, or they off, whatever they identify um, themselves as or whatever their pronouns are. You try not to, you know, give too much away. Try to keep your legs closed for as long as possible. It can be sometimes so exhausting all right and I've definitely felt like this before I feel like there's so many expectations around dating but at the same time no expectations at all so most time you're left in this like gray area of how you should proceed in order to present yourself as a person that they um would see to deserve a commitment you know if that's what you want all right that's that's the highlight that part if that's what you want but anyways, I feel like I'm getting off track here. How do you guys feel about Melvin's best friend, Kevin? Hmm? Okay, I don't want to give too much about his character away. 
and how he plays a role in this story. So I'll just let y'all marinate on that one, all right? And while y'all marinating on that one, let's talk about Alexis freaking Adams, all right? This girl knew um, Rain liked Melvin and asked him out anyways. Is she a bitch for that? Or do you think Rain is just jealous? Do you think... um? Alexis should have asked Rain if that was okay or do you think Rain really just shouldn't have any kind of you know protective realm <laughs> over Melvin because if you think about it he doesn't you know he's not really showing any effort um as of now in the story so do you think Rain has the grounds to feel that way or do you think she's just tripping Alexis has clearly known um, Melvin way longer and Rain knows this, but I don't think this will stop her from secretly hating Alexis's guts. I feel like more feminine energy can be the best at holding grudges. Um, and this is not always the case, you guys. I'm not going to generalize, you know, feminine energy, but um, I know for my experience, just the uh, feminine energy I've been surrounded by, you know, people who identify as um, a woman or people who um, kind of um, align with feminine energy more so than masculine, I feel like they can be, we can be <laughs> the best at holding grudges like these, all right? Um, but anyways, going back, let's rewind it back to one of the girls in Rain's social group, Jasmine, the red-haired colored girl, if that makes sense, <laughs> with skin lighter than milk. Y'all know who I'm talking about? All right. So in this episode, Rain finds out that she's bisexual, a term that she used herself to describe herself. All right. And sometimes, um, not sometimes, this is something a lot of people are figuring out in middle school. All right. And in middle school, I feel like people are exploring their sexualities or at least getting to know, you know, what they like and who they like. Um, I feel like this was a very important thing to highlight because, in grade school on into adulthood, I feel as if people who identify as a woman, who also date people who identify as a woman, are for the most part accepted by both their male and female peers to this day. Um, but I've seen, like in my personal life, people who identify as a man or a male um, or just have more masculine energy that also date somebody who identifies as a male or just has more masculine energy, I feel like, for the most part, have a harder time being accepted or understood, especially by non-LGBTQ plus males, okay? I've seen that specifically with them, all right? Just the judgment. Um, I don't know, and this is not always the case, you guys. Um, I just want y'all to know that this is not always the case, but it's just something that I have seen and thought I would just highlight to some to try to figure out what do you guys think about this? I feel like um, there's a more negative connotation of gay male or gay man than gay female or gay woman, you know, a double standard that I think personally may stem from this society, my society. I don't know about you guys society sexualizing women. Um, so this includes lesbians or just women who date women in general um, or people of more feminine energy who date people of more feminine energy. You know, I feel like there's with um, people who, you know, are women. I feel like they're just sexualized so much where I feel like that's why it's more ex acceptable for them um, to to, you know, like who they like. I don't know, you guys. I just thought I'd point that out. 
And that, you know, just a prime example of this is say, for instance, a scene comes on TV where two women are making out or kissing or being intimate, whatever they're doing. Um, I feel like a lot of people will a be intrigued to keep watching um, because they like that kind of stuff or b not be really bothered by it. Um, not to the point where they turn it off. If they don't agree with it, um, I don't feel like they'll be you know, feel like the need to cut it off. But if the roles were reversed where two men were kissing on the screen, um, just watch the energy shift in the room to a more uncomfortable one to the point where somebody might cut it off. Somebody says they don't want to see that. Um, and I don't know, like, I just feel like that, that is something that really happens in real life. It's just like, why is it more acceptable for two women to be same-sex oriented, but when it happens in men, it's a different story. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Anyways, moving right along here, you guys. I'm out of breath. <laughs> I believe this episode does a great job of painting the picture of middle school, at least in public schools. I don't know if you guys catched it, but in um, this episode, Rain refers to Esmeralda, a 13-year-old girl who was no longer sporting her pregnant belly that she wore for um, eight and a half months. A 13-year-old having a child. Woo, child. Such a delicate age. And she wasn't the only 12 to 13-year-old pregnant girl at um, Rain's school. And you know, nine times out of 10, the ones doing the impregnating are not the same age as the one getting pregnant, you know, because lack of experience. Something it was, that was not really mentioned in this episode was Esmeralda had a boyfriend that was in his 20s. All right. A 20 something year old man with a 13 year old girl. Yes, this still happens today. Some cultures don't believe that this is an issue. Some, um... Cultures really don't. So this kind of, you know, institutes where do we draw the line between culture and something that is just straight up wrong, regardless of someone's culture and upbringing. Do you believe that people should still be held accountable for things that their culture say is OK? Young mother Esmeralda makes you wonder how can a 20 year old something 20 something year old man be attracted to the point where he's impregnating? A 13-year-old girl. Also, because Rain is surrounded by pregnancy and sexual activeness at her school, this is, a, in a way, establishes the theme of, like, this episode that most people's sex lives, romantic lives, whether that be your first kiss, your first time having sex, or in Esmeralda's case, your first child, happens in middle school. No matter what it is, the true marker of most people's romantic lives are middle school. Um, what do you guys think about that? When do you think your romantic life started? Well, beautiful people, that wraps up this episode. I am out of breath. Um, so this was, um, again, this was episode one, um, analysis of Melvin Lohan. All right. And this kind of just gave you a little taste of what, um, Rain is to experience. And just, this is just giving you a little backstory of her character. And hopefully as time goes on, you guys get to know Rain and just her interest, um, her intricate character. And I'm so happy that I finally got these episodes out. And again, the episode analysis will come after each and every 
main episode and it will just be a freestyle so it'll just be me coming on the mic and just talking like I talk regular all right nothing's really um structured so I'm just going to be spitting my ish all right so I can't wait to see what happens well I already know what happens but I can't wait for you guys to know what happens and so I will catch you later in the next episode of Unromance Me as always peace and love your host for native